Are you ready, Ma? I am ready. Are you ready, Teeny? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to Hollywood. Hollywood, <laughs> California. Hollywood. <clears throat> Do excuse oh, me, aspiring <laughs> actor and hot dog stand employee Bobby Taylor catches the ire of his grandmother for auditioning for a role in a regrettably titled exploitation, dare I say black exploitation film titled Jive Time Jimmy's Revenge. Oh Jesus. <laughs> we are doing Hollywood Shuffle. The particulars? Particulars, please. <clears throat> All right, settle in, everyone, because <laughs> these particulars are going to go on for a while. I got a little detoured on something. Oh, rabbit holes. I went down a rabbit hole. Settle in, get your drink. About to, you're about to learn some stuff. Hollywood Shuffle was released on March 20th, 1987. Produced and directed by Robert Townsend. He also... Directed the same year, Eddie Murphy's Raw. He oh. also did The Five Heartbeats, Meteor Man, BAPS, the WB series Parenthood from 1995 to 1999, Carmen, a hip-hop opera, and a film in 2002 called 10,000 Black Men Named George. <laughs> At which I was like, oh, what has this you know in in this in this climate of today 10,000 black men named George I had to look it up to see is this another thing where like oh we've always known it all along what is this so nerd alert everyone <laughs> I know this isn't even the movie we're doing but I had to look it up 10,000 black men named George is the title of a movie you're gonna be like what is yeah, it we are here to educate. Okay. So that film, it was in 2002, a Showtime film. It was about the first labor organization that was led by African-Americans to receive charter in the American Federation of Labor. So there was the first labor union that was like, yeah, you're a real labor union. And that was the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. And that was in 1925. So a little bit of history. I got this from history.com. After the Civil War in 1867, Chicago businessman George M. Pullman started hiring thousands of African-American men, many former slaves, many from the South, um, to be porters. And in Gone with the Bushes, most of these classic films, most of the people of color are what, Ma? Service people. Yeah, porters. We're always like, well... Porters on the train. Somebody's on a train... There's a scene on a train. There's at least one black guy. Right. So they lugged baggage, shined shoes, set up and cleaned the sleeping berths, and they served passengers. Because that was a big thing that Pullman was known for. He, <clears throat> because, you know, the trains, we had the Civil War, all of that. And then once the war was over, pe that's how people, instead of airplanes, they used trains to go back and forth. And it was the big like, like the, the big thing was when they turned cars into sleeping cars so that then yeah. you could have, like, your amenities and sleep on your long train ride. That was, like, people's minds were blown. 
as in some like it hot, which we have already done. And may I say, isn't the person who now works in the train called a Pullman? Well, yeah, they, well, uh, they were called George, really. Oh. Um, so it was, so this guy, he, so the reason some people, if you would hear it, the way that this would be taught to me when I was in high school history was that George Pullman was, um, he, he gave all of these African-American men jobs in his cars after the Civil War. And it, so it all, be, all is good and tidy. Right. But the reason he did that was because he felt that as former slaves, they would best know how to cater to the customers who were all white every whim for long hours and cheap, cheap, cheap wages. Because yeah. they had been working long hours for no wages Right. Now you can just give them a, just a little anything. Give them a couple pennies. Take care of those Karens. Right. So he also believed that the darker the skin of the porter, that would make it easier for him to be more invisible to the white, middle, and upper yeah. class passengers, yeah. thus making them feel more comfortable because mm -hmm. just blending in. So for me. despite this, the Pullman Company did become the largest single employer of black men in the country. So it, it was, it is one of those things. Like it, people in history are complex, messy. It's not binary, ones and zeros. Everything's complicated. They were, so the Pullmans would work, the porters would work for 400 hours a month with little to no time off. And they were usually called Boy or George after the oh, are George you Pullman. Me? Yeah. So it didn't matter. It was just, oh, you were just George. It didn't matter if your name was Cliff. You're George. If you're lucky, you could just be Boy. Wow. And so tipping was also built into the pay structure. So that's why, in order to get a good tip, you know. You gotta, yeah. you gotta act like you're happy to be doing this. You gotta shuck and jive. Exactly. So that's kind of also where wow. the uh, stereotype of the sort of, you know, happy to be waiting on white people, you know, shucking yeah. and jive. Like that whole thing came in because they needed a tip. Um. So. They that fed the stereotype, you know, happy to serve white people, but it was it was something because now you had a whole bunch of black men who are going out, and that was one of the things that like started the great migration because they were getting to see the country, they're getting to see other places, and also they're they're like making money. It was for you know for the community and stuff good, and they saw how other white people had amassed wealth, so. A lot of Pullman, they started, you know, saving their money and then sending their kids to college and schools. And so it was a way that a big group of black people got brought up into the middle class. I mean, after generations and stuff. So another good thing that happened from it was the men. So this movie, 10,000 Men about, Named George, is about when they are unionizing because of course you know the Pullmans 
they had unions, but the unions wouldn't allow black people in it. So the porters got together and unionized. And in their struggle to get to unionize, one guy, Edgar D. Nixon, he was a Pullman porter, and he was also head of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters chapter in Montgomery, Alabama. And he helped start the city boycott after Rosa Parks was arrested. And because he was a Pullman, so he was out of town a lot, he couldn't be on that, you know, help, like the main spearhead organizing the bus boycotts. Because he's like, I still got to feed my family. I got to be out here on these right. trains, you know. So in his absence, he looked and he basically picked a young minister to take up that lead. And that was Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, mm-hmm. only on Gone with the Bushes are you getting this info. So there you go. It was also produced by Lydia Nicole. She was an actress, comedian, writer, and producer. She acted in Stand and Deliver in the web series Common Sense Mamita. She had a one-woman show called Calling Up Poppy. Um, she was in the she produced the films Playing for Love and In the Hive. It was written by Robert Townsend. It was also uncredited Dom Arrera. He's a stand-up comedian. I I saw him. I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy. And Keenan Ivory Wayans. Mm-hmm. Who Nerd Alert met Robert Townsend at the Improv in New York, and together they drove out to L.A. when Keenan uh, moved out to Los Angeles. And Keenan Ivory Wayans also wrote and produced on Eddie Murphy Raw. He did "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." He created "In Living Color." That, yes, he did. He did a low down, dirty shame, scary movie one and two. And he's also most recently directed episodes of The Last OG. The music- Can I say something about Keenan Wayans? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who it was that I was watching an interview with. And I think it was him or somebody else. They were talking about when they lived in New York City in the 70s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay. Um, they lived... On 81st in Amsterdam in Manhattan. Because they were talking about how much little how little money they were making in New York right. City, mm-hmm. like doing stand-up and stuff like that. And like just like doing everything to like try to get by and do what they wanted to do. And they were making like fifty dollars a month or something like that. And they're oh were God. paying they lived on 81st in Amsterdam in Manhattan, and their rent was hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. Wow. Oh my God. I know. I just, you know, I blood obsessed with rent inflation. So it is. Yeah. But then, you I said, didn't believe that. But you said they were like, a st- wow. Studio. Oh, I can't. It was like for a studio apartment, one of them. But they were still making, they were making $50 a month. Or exactly. Like, no, maybe a week. So I'm sorry. Oh, $50 oh. a week. No, no. But still, so, $125. Yeah. Right. For your rent, that half your money was going to your rent then. Yeah, it's like still, yeah. still terrible. And he was like, "Yeah, there was still like roaches and pee all in the hallway, but I kept my little studio nice." <laughs> <laughs> Put those roach traps out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's cra- it's wild because when you look at it, you're like rent is was a hundred twenty, but then you're like, well, how much was people? But then you're making- like, you're still making fifty dollars a week. Yeah, yeah. so it's like the struggle yeah. is still very. I know. Real. I thought Adam and I are always like, our friend just bought a house in Indianapolis for like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I know. Like, 
three bedroom, two sunrooms and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, oh. but like we wouldn't be making that money that, you know, it's like, yeah. all relative. yeah, yes. And it's in Indianapolis. Yeah. No yeah. offense. No, I'm sure. no, no, no shame. No shame. No shame. <laughs> you know, it's, Moving but yeah, on. We, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh, we've been canceled in Indianapolis. I know. Um, the music was. I by- lived in Indianapolis for a year. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> the music was by Udi Harpaz. Uh, I forgot to look up what else they did. Director of photography. I'm sure, I'm sure it was great. Yeah, uh, Peter Deming. He also shot Evil Dead 2, House Party, Drop Dead Fred, My Cousin Vinny, the first Austin Powers movie, Mulholland Drive, and his most recent movie was the 2020 release of Capone. And this was just a few movies. This guy had, this was one of his early movies, but he's gone on to have a crazy career. This is the second time I've heard about Mulholland Drive this week. Interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. from my favorite murder. My favorite murder. Yes. Shout out. Exactly um, right network. <laughs> so it wasn't Jonathan Demi. It was who Demi? Deming. Peter Deming. D-E-M-I-N-G. Oh, Deming. Okay. okay. Edited by W.O. Garrett. Wikipedia did not have any more information on him. Thank you. Uh, distribute. I wrote down the distributing company because it made me laugh. But then when I went to research it, I was like, hmm, damn. Because it was distributed by Samuel Goldwyn Company. And when the logo came up, I always associate that logo with um, like Merchant Ivory films. And I could be completely wrong. I just think of like Remains of the Day and, you know, Kenneth Branagh films. Basically like the Amadeus spoof film in this within this movie yes um but i I, yes so i was like oh but they were big in and i think they're still around maybe who knows with all of the conglomerates and corporateness corporate wars but they were an independent um film company so it just made me laugh because there were a lot of indie movies and i always saw this and i was like oh really interesting it stars the Hollywood Shuffle Players, and they include Robert Townsend as Bobby Taylor. He also acted in Cooley High, A Soldier Story, American Flyers, and The Mighty Quinn. Anne Marie Johnson, who I just knew her face from my childhood. I was just like, why do who do I how do I know her? She was Bobby's girlfriend. I knew her from In the Heat of the Night. Because you and my yes, dad watched the, In the, the Heat of the, the Night. The TV show In the and Heat she of was the in, Night. She was yes. also in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. She was in Hill Street Blues, in Living Color, Melrose Place, Jag. I mean, when I, I know I say like, and so much more, but literally this woman has been in yeah. so many things. You, because I kept going, how do I know her? You just go on and you're like, oh yeah, she was in that. Like, yeah, she's just, she's that woman where she's just in everything. And I feel like she's always been a part of my life. I thought she was in the Cosby show, but I didn't see it in the credits. She might've been in a couple of them. I was just like, man, but she has been in everything, everything. Yes. Um, Gregus R. Johnson played Stevie Taylor. His other credit is Highway to Heaven. Helen Martin played the grandmother. 
She was Wanda in Good Times, but to me, she'll always be Pearl from 227. 227. Nerd Alert, she was a founding member of the American Negro Theater in Harlem. Outstanding. She was a Broadway character actress. In 1941, she was in Orson Welles' production of Native Son. So, like, she was, it's funny because she's in this movie and she's one of those people, like, classically trained, just amazing, great actress. And her film credits are Don't Be a Menace in South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, I Got the Hook Up, House Party 2. She was in Bullworth and also in Cotton Comes to Harlem. We did Cotton Comes Mm -hmm. to Harlem. Yeah, she had a small part. It may have even been uncredited. Starletta Du Bois, she was Bobby's mother. She was in Friday After Next, Big Mama's House, and Waiting to Exhale. David McKnight was Uncle Ray. He was in Under Siege, Superhero Movie, and Pump Up the Volume. Keenan Ivory Wayans is Donald. He was in Star 80, The Glimmer Man, Most Wanted. Most recently, he was a judge on Last Comic Standing. Brad Sanders was Batty Boy. He was in Bad Boys for Life, Just Mercy, Brewster's Millions, John Weatherspoon, R.I.P., Mr. Jones. He was in Friday, Boomerang, The Five Heartbeats, The Boondocks, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, Bullworth, Nerd Alert. His older brother, William, wrote the lyrics for the 1966 Motown and personal Aaron Bush, maybe easily on my top five favorite songs of all time, what becomes of the broken hearted? <gasps> what becomes? Yes, John Witherspoon's older brother wrote those lyrics. Wow! I was like, man, crazy. Wow! Eugene Robert Glazer, he was the uh, well, he's the white guy, the director. You know, he was in Twenty Four, La Femme Nikita, The Five Heartbreaks. I'm sorry, The Five Heartbeats, Dallas. <laughs> I almost got a spit take out of Ma. Oh, is gin coming out your nose? Oh, it feels so good. We have Lisa Mead. She was the casting woman. She was also in Scrooge, Seinfeld, Nothing to Lose. Grand L. Bush. He was in Stir Crazy, Night Shift, The Color Purple, and Demolition Man, to name a few. Um, Connie Marie Brazelton. She was in ER, Private Practice, This Is Us. Santa Ann Black, she was in Square One Television, Dallas, and 227. Rusty Candif, Candif, he was in School Days, Chappelle Show, and I knew him because there's this great mockumentary film that I loved, wonder how it stands up, called Fear of a Black Hat that he was in. And we have Paul Mooney, the famous comedian, he had a cameo, you know him from the Chappelle Show and and basically you know being paul mooney <laughs> he's i like him man <laughs> and damon wayans you know him homie d clown you didn't yeah damon wayans was in like yeah homie d clown he was also in my wife and kids Most i recently, know damon he, wayans i just don't remember seeing him in the movie he was in a couple of things um when he was one of when batty went to the winkies donut or hot dog okay. place he was one of the guys that was checking oh, the, okay. the security guys he okay. also had a scene in the black and white the 
murder of a breakdancer thing that they did. The montage thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, and, and in his scene, he cracks up laughing and you can tell. Yeah, he, he was in it. Okay, so those are the particulars. All righty then. Well, do we know what Robert Townsend is doing now? Just Yeah, Robert Townsend is on the faculty of USC at the film school. Um, oh, my God. He continues to direct a lot of things, and he produces, and he's really into... Um, I mean, he doesn't have to do a lot because... He, you know, yeah. he had a successful television show right. and he made, he's still making money off of this movie. So Excellent. yeah, he's still behind the scenes and a mover and a shaker. I have to say this. Uh, okay. This film reminded me so much of your films. Well, yeah, cause he, they, he didn't go to well I went to film school but he didn't go to film school this was he he was acting and this is what he saw as trying to be an actor and right. he was a stand up comedian right. and he saved up some money and so he was like well we're gonna make a movie right. about all of this they didn't know like they didn't read the Sid Field book on screenwriting they no, didn't know exactly. they were just young and they just wanted to do it he so this is in the 80s, you know, there isn't DV, you don't have digital, you can't shoot a thing on your phone. He went to Norman Jewison, who had made a soldier story, and asked for, what is it called? It's called the, oh, there's a word that they call it. It's the leftover footage. Um, so it's the ends. I forget what right. there's like an industry term that they call for the ends of the film because your film, you, you have like basically 10 minutes worth right. of shooting. You would have somebody you would have to, you know, be looking and counting. And when you got to a certain number of feet left, that was when you would just take it out and they would cut off the ends. So he asked Norman Jewison and the camera department if he could have the extra ends right. and just splice right. them together and we would just shoot on them. Um, and then he ended up like maxing out a couple of credit cards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I have that. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. It definitely reminded me of you and your humor and your sarcasm. And okay. So we start off with Bobby Taylor, and he is practicing a script in front of a bathroom mirror with a young boy who I thought was his son, but it turns out is his younger brother. I thought it was his son, too. I thought it was his son, too. Uh, and we have a woman listens at the bedroom door, and she comes in, the mother comes in, and says, you're going to be late for the audition. Uh, the audition is uh, for uh, a role in the TV show Batty Boy. That's right. No, the um, role is for that jive time, Jimmy's jive time adventure. Okay. But we see Batty Boy, who is half bat, half soul brother, and he is living with a white family because at the time we had we had um, a couple shows where there were black kids living with a white family. Oh, like Webster and Different Strokes. Webster and Different Strokes, exactly. So how are we going to, you know, make this happen? And wasn't that also oh, when there was ALF? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Like yes. the alien. Yes. <laughs> you know, aliens, black people, same thing. Um, so great. That's but, just completely going to be taken out of context. Oh my gosh. So Bobby Taylor, just call me Karen. And it's going to be taken out of context for my help review. Is on his way to an audition. And he keeps stopping because he knows everybody in the neighborhood. And everybody knows that he's on his way to an audition. So at the Davis Barbershop, um, at the Davis Barbershop, his girlfriend works there, correct? Yes. Seems okay. Okay. And then he has to go to his job where he has to fake a toothache because he has to get to the audition. Um, but well, the- I loved when he was like, "Your grandma, nothing can be wrong with your grandmother again. We're not going to believe <laughs> exactly. it if your grandmother." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, this is how many auditions this dude's been on." <laughs> exactly. He has several auditions, and his job at the hot dog stand suffers because of this. Well, yeah, because it's not like they schedule auditions. At, like, oh, come in at at six p.m. You know, like, the auditions are like ten a.m. I think I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? But I know the auditions I've been on. I know they're like during the day, and that's the thing when people move out here. That's why so many people are act or uh, waitresses and stuff because it's a yeah. you can move around your schedule when because oh you have an audition. It's very hard to audition when you're working an office job. Exactly. So it shows the audition process. I didn't take notes on all of it, but it is hysterical. He meets another dude who is there, and the other dude is like, this is some some shit. Only an Uncle Tom would play this part. Because um, it's a real bad part. Like The, oh, the first scene, it, the, the first thing you, you just hear the dialogue in the movie of him acting, and it's just real, just broken english just like a gun and it's it's just very cringeworthy just like oh it is totally cringeworthy and you know that the person who wrote this was not a black person but this is what how black people uh sound to the the writer white people and they've got all white people sitting there picking the actors exactly Mm -hmm. so there's So in his mind, as he's sitting here for the audition process, this happens frequently. He goes into another whole tangent. So it's in his mind. It's it's like the secret life of Walter Mitty. So it's a slave movie, which uh, had women with their pressed hair. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert Townsend's being a step and fetch it type character named Jasper. Oh, is that what he shows up with the... Yeah, because they, they were making the comment about how the only roles they can get are butler or runaway exactly. slaves. And so then it exactly. cuts to this, like, parody of a, of a running away slaves. And exactly. They have, like, the Mandingo guy and then, like, the white lady shows up. <laughs> right? Which is what reminds me of your films where you use the same char- the same actors over and over again with different characters. Yes, it's, it's called not yeah. having a lot of any money. Yeah, I will, to go back on him, like, uh, use opening all those credit cards, like, I was listening to an interview with him, and he was talking about, like, they'd have to, like, 
they couldn't get any per- afford any permits, so they yes. would have to just like shoot things. And he was like, these actors would come, like they would think that they were going to be playing a runaway slave for the day, and then we'd have to make him into a zombie pimp. Like yes. two minutes later, yeah. just, like seeing and yes. get out of there. Yes. And they also wore UCLA t-shirts because they didn't have any permits. Because you kind of yes. have to have permits to shoot out on the street, but they had all the crew was wearing UCLA t-shirts. So that they would just be like, oh, we're just students trying to figure this out. Yeah, UCLA film students. Yeah. Yeah. So then in his mind, he is um, advertising the black acting school. So the black acting school is going to teach you how to be a TV pimp, a movie mugger, a street punk. You had to learn how to uh, jive talk. Jive talk 101. shuffling and be an epic slave 400 so now we go to winky dogs this is his job this is his real job winky dinky dogs and he's about to lose his job when a limo pulls up and there are bodyguards all over you're telling me damon wayans was one of those bodyguards i think he was the tallest bodyguard damn i wish i'd seen it as soon as i saw him like that's damon wayans and Batty Boy gets out. And so uh, Bobby says to Batty Boy, hey, you know, how do you know you got a good script? And Batty Boy says, does your character die in the end? Because <laughs> if he doesn't die in the end, it's a good script. Which is one of my dad's favorite movie quotes. I believe it's a Jackie Chan when he was like, me no die. I no die. Me no die. <laughs> Uh, and then Bobby asks him, well, what about art? And he said, it's not about art. Um, and then oh, you, put Bob- the, you butchered the quote. He was like, it's not about art. It's about <laughs> sequel. Go ahead, because I didn't get the rest of that quote. It's not about art. It's about the sequel. <laughs> well done. Because Batty okay. Boy was all about cashing them checks. And that was always so funny. is because when you see him the first time, it's Batty Boy. You know, he's just... He's outlandish, wild, it's offensive, and, you know, he's just... And then when he shows up with his bodyguards and everybody, you know, he's he's all talking like the... Like, you know, very... Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a, a Shakespearean-trained oh, actor. Thespian, a true thespian. But he's like, yeah, but I'm cashing these checks, man. I don't yeah. care. I'm cashing these checks. The limo is because of the sequel. Was- was this the guy that was like, well, Robert, I've played four, I've played nine crooks, four gang leaders, two dope dealers. I've played a rapist twice. No, that, was, that was the was guy. That, a different that was a different guy. That's my favorite quote in the entire I know, film. That was a good, I never write down who says these quotes. He, so. That was the guy in, it was actually the real actor is Grand Bush because he was the guy that played Mandingo. Oh, Mandingo. Yeah, I, I could be. There, there are a lot of bushes. <laughs> Yeah, there, a lot of us. There the there's a real movie, Mandingo. I saw it with your father when it was very early in our date reunion. night. <laughs> date night? Y'all went to see Mandingo? <laughs> and Bobby says to Batty Boy, I'm going to work with you someday. Okay, then we cut to a basketball court. And then we have the Weed Real Brothers criticizing the movie. Yeah, because then it goes into um, 
So the black acting school that was in his head. So it, it cuts into these vin- these vignettes, like how in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, how he would just be there and then it would go into his imagination. Exactly. So this movie is about him going on this audition process and then somebody will say something and it'll trigger this thought. So he had the idea of the black acting school. So then it cuts to a commercial where he's advertising like the black acting school. And then, you know, he comes back to the because audition. Because to be an actor at, at that time, you had to be into black exploitation. Well, you had to be into rapist, pimp, you know, if you're a woman, yeah. prostitute, like right. all of those things. Anyone, people who have listened to Gone with the Bushes are like, we, we know because you've been over it in the POC count. Okay. So it's the real brothers. They are the weed real brothers, and they are criticizing movies. They are the critics instead of Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert, and they there is an Amadeus clip, and they are critiquing Amadeus. Yeah. Then they are critiquing the Temple of Doom, which they call it. Um, they changed all the name. It was like Amadeus meets the whatever the Stratovari or whatever that character guy was. Bleh, I don't know that. Stratovarius? No, it, whatever in... Whoever F. Murray Abraham played in Amadeus, ah, that okay, character, okay. I think. Could be wrong. I don't know. And then yeah. they go to Chicago Jones because he, he was Indiana Jones. Instead of Indiana Jones. Yeah. And then they go to, which how, one of the funniest lines to me, and I don't know if I, they, they made a comment. So Indiana Jones, cause they're talking about it. And so they show a clip of him and it's him and the woman, they're on a, the edge. And he's like, how are we going to get out of this? And Chicago Jones is like, well, we'll just jump. I know that we can make it. And so he and the girl jump and the, one of the guys, the critics is like, man, I didn't get why he jumped with his mother. <laughs> that would be laugh really hard. I was like, that's not his mom. But exactly. it was just really funny to me. Then there was a new movie by Dirty Larry. Yeah. Which is supposed okay. to be like, you know, Clint Eastwood. So now we're back with. Bobby watching TV with, I said his son, but it is his younger brother. His younger brother. What's your and joke? they're watching the Batty Boy show. And um, his agent calls, I guess. I guess he has an agent. Mm-hmm. He's good enough to have an agent. And they're saying, you know, they called and they said they want an Eddie Murphy type. And Bobby's going, why can't I just act? But he got the call back. But he's got to be an Eddie Murphy, an Eddie type. Murphy type. Because this is 1986, 87, you know, when they're making it. So he has a dream about the callback. And he's got to be Eddie Murphy. But he's thinking in his head, I just want to be me. I want to act this part instead of pretending to be Eddie Murphy. Well... Because he has a callback, he has to go back to his job and have another excuse. And Keenan Ivory Wayans is one of the guys on his job. And the guys on the job are tired of him taking up, taking time off. And they're saying, you just need to give up acting. And he says, I'm going to come back to this place, somebody. 
So now his imagination goes and he returns in 10 years. And he's got his limo and he's got like two women, you know. The girls and such. At this point, Bobby says, I quit. You know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to give up acting. I'm going to go for it. I quit. And the guys at the hot dog stand says he'll be back. So he goes to the barber shop and he tells the main barber uh, that he quit his job. And that barber says, you should have quit that job three years ago when you got it. And he's going, well, what if I don't make it? And the barber's saying, what if you do make it? Um, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Ain't and the to next it day, to do it. he has a call back. He has to call his agent and he has to be very black. He's at home drinking champagne with his girlfriend. Grandma comes in. He got the part in the movie. So grandma comes and sits between them. <laughs> oh, did that get a little real? It, was, that, was, that a, was that a little art imitating life? There was a bit of side eye. So we have... Uh, on the TV, we have Sam Ace instead of Sam Spade being like a, um, uh, I fight crime. He sees himself as the star of a TV movie, like a detective. Well, it's like one of those uh, film noir, like the postman exactly. always rings twice. Was that the one that we did? Well, we've done it with couple. the peep toe pumps. Yeah. Yes, the postman always rings. And twice. the one where the guy he was dead and he came in. I, th I thought it was like McMurtry, McMurray or yeah. something. Wait, wait, with Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. Okay, so then we go back to reality, and he says that's the kind of role I want to play, and his girlfriend says you will, and he says I just feel funny playing this sort of character, the black exploitation character. Okay, it's the next morning. He's ready for his first day on set. And he's somehow in his little brother's room, and he's reading. The little brother had written an essay about my big brother. <gasps> it was very touching. And Grandma says she's coming to the first day of the shoot. But I don't want my grandson trying to look like a punk or he's in a gang, or he's a pimp. Mm, grandma's going to be disappointed. Which is pretty much what this whole character is. They're at the studio. He comes, uh, dude, oh, that, that guy who said I would never play this role um, is actually in this movie, but he only has one line. We find out the NAACP is going to pick at this film. And again, the dude from the audition says, I would never play that part only because he didn't get the part. And it has been an hour. Nice. All right. An hour of Hollywood shuffle. It's not that long of a movie. So this week we are going to, we are going to do a uh, people of European descent color. I honestly forgot while I was watching to log the number. So I had to go off of off the dome and off of what I remember. 
And that is, I have one for the director, one for the writer, one for the casting lady, the receptionist, and then I have two for acting. So I would say it's six plus people of European descent. Okay, so now we are to nerd alerts. Okay. I have none. Dini, do you have any? It was nominated in 2000 for the American Film Institute's 500. Like, it was like 500 movies that were nominated for their list of 100 funniest American movies. Oh, nice. oh excellent. Mm-hmm. And we kind of already talked about all the other ones with the credit cards. And... Okay. Um, oh, also, at the end of the film, I'm sorry, I forgot this one. Um, Robert Townsend plays a flying black superhero, and six years later, he would star in The Meteor Man about a flying black superhero. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's not a nerd at It's a tasty tidbit. I'm sorry. No, it's both. That's it. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Strike three. No, that's fine. <sighs> All right. Well, I went into a nerd alert because... I wanted to, I've always heard about it. It's always been a joke, but I've never really done an investigative inquiry, a.k.a. looked it up on Wikipedia about what Activator is and just how a jerry Ah. curl works. Okay, let me hear it. So jerry curl, which is spelled J-H-E-R-I curl, was invented by Jerry, and that's how he spelled it, Carl, mm-hmm, okay. who was a hairdresser. And, oh no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Jerry Carl. It was Jerry Redding. And he founded Redkin in 1960. Oh, and, really? And Nexus. Wow. I love mm. Nexus products. Mm-hmm. And... So it's two parts, the process of the jerry curl. First, you have the softener or the rearranging cream, and that is to loosen the hair. And that's done with chemicals, and it stinks. And then it is set with a chemical solution to permanently curl it. And so the perm, because I always get a relaxer, and some people will call it a perm, because I guess it's like permanent, Because it's permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, the smell and the stench. So this is the opposite of the relaxer. This is the curling it. Because it's the jerry curl. It's the loose. It's actually how my hair looks when I get out of the shower and just let it dry. It's just the loose curls, but it's always got that sheen to it. So it's always that wet look. Mm. Yeah, it kind of looks greasy. Yes, well, it is because the perming causes the the natural hair to get dry and brittle. So to maintain the look and also the moisture, that's where the activator is has to be applied and also moisturizer. So and then at night, you have to wear a plastic cap on your head to keep it from drying out. So it was very time and Time intensive and also expensive because the activator was in small bottles that were about three to six dollars. And you went through a lot of it because that's what because he was like, oh, because he was always spraying and stuff. Um, It was very greasy and it often stained clothes and furniture. And when I remember I used to wear before I got contacts, I would wear goggles when I played basketball 
and I played against a girl who had a jerry curl, and I went up for a rebound, and so did she, and I got the activator all on my goggles. Oh, no. And I couldn't get it off. It just stayed on there. Because I could, I only have my jersey and I'm sweating like Patrick Ewing anyway. So the sweat mixed with the activator juice was just, it was impossible. My next nerd alert is the year 1987. Excuse me. You were seven years old. Christine was just born. Um, the year I was born. Yeah, it was the year she was born. She was not alive when this movie came out. Because it opened, then it, it opened March twentieth, nineteen eighty seven. Oh. Okay. So no, she was still was cooking, still baking. Yep. Um, Aretha Franklin became the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. Pen- mm. Pennsylvania treasurer Bud Dwyer shot and killed himself on live a live televised news conference after he was found guilty on charges of bribery fraud conspiracy and racketeering damn man he might have had a small business and employed a lot of people of color got some he bad have. Yelp and then reviews. use those people of color to make other people feel bad mm-hmm. then people started looking into his finances mm-hmm. and got found guilty Sucks when that happens. Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. Does well, that still happens anyway? Don't don't know. Gotta gotta pe- treat people with respect. Second Unabomber exploded in Salt Lake City, Utah, at a computer store, injuring the owner. Whoa! In March, Easy E released "Boys in the Hood," and wow. on. The ninth, that was on the third, and then on the ninth, you two released Joshua Tree. And huh. also in March, the Iran Contra affair, or sorry, <gasps> Iran Contra affair. And that's just a crazy weird thing. Like senior Reagan administration officials secretly sold arms to Iran, which had an embargo in place. So they weren't supposed to be getting weapons. But the government was selling weapons to them, and then the proceeds of that weapon sale was used to fund Contras in Nicaragua, and that was because the Contras in Nicaragua were anti-communist. And then somehow there was also seven hostages in Lebanon that were being held by Hezbollah, and they had ties to Iran, so it was kind of... I think they said that they it was all in order to free these hostages. It just some mm-hmm. just some real shady shadiness. Exactly. I'm sure that it also ties into crack being introduced into inner cities. Snowfall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, AZT w- became approved for treatment by the FDA for HIV and AIDS, and in the Academy Awards. The best pictures were Children of a Lesser God, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Mission, A Room with a View, and the winner for best picture of that year, Platoon. Oh. So I guess if this was the 87 Oscars, these were films that were released in 86. Correct. And also, so then at the end of this film, spoiler alert, um, he talks about because his his grandma was always telling him 
go work at the post office. The post office is a great job. Um, but right now, people are trying to defund the post office. Not defund, Ugh. but like get rid of the post office. because I, how, yeah. how is that possible? Well, John Oliver, I truly recommend watching a John Oliver episode. It was from... It was from this year. It was in a quarantine. So it's one of the quarantine episodes that narrows it down about um, the post office because everybody talks about the post office deficit and how come it's in debt and stuff. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that in 2006, Congress passed a law requiring the post office to prefund 75 years worth of retiree health benefits in the span of 10 years. Those funds, yes. So off the bat, think about that. Pre-fund 75 years of retiree benefits over the course of 10 years. Wow. How much money that is that right off the bat gets taken out. So when people talk about how the post office is poorly run and it's losing money, it's not losing money because people aren't using the post office. It's using money because in 2006, the United States government basically tied both of the post office's hands behind its back. And nobody knows about that. And get this, these funds they're now being diverted to help pay down the national debt. So all of that money that was being taken out to pre-fund all of this stuff isn't even being used for that purpose anymore. And no other private nor federal agency is required to pre-fund on that timetable. So that's why the United States Postal Service is losing money and in disarray not because they were um they're just bad and because amazon and all these other things are taking money away from it i highly 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 recommend john oliver he explains it so much better than i just did but just know that there is some tomfoolery amok with all of this and not surprised let me see Oh, and then a nerd alert, the death of the breakdancer, that was actually shot on 16 millimeter black and white film, and it was blown up to give it that super grainy look. Those are my nerd alerts. Well done. So we are two reheatables. We start with our negatives. Uh, My first negative was uh, even when he was sitting in the audition hallway, there was even a black person who had used black face to make themselves darker to try to get the role. Black face. Yeah, because he was mentioned earlier in in one of the very first scenes with them when it's going down the line of them because he was a light-skinned black guy and he was like, Mm -hmm. as a light-skinned black guy, I'm never cast as um the heavy like a a thug or a hood and they always ask me if i'm black and then the guy says this story about how he went for an audition to and they were like are you even black and he's like yeah i'm black i'm light-skinned so yeah yeah, they had like the colorism and so then that's a visual bit because when it comes back that they needed i think it's like the eddie murphy type he he darkened his skin he put makeup on i think he mentioned that he like used suntan 
Like somebody else, another light skinned guy told him like, oh, that's why I like always use suntan or. I am currently reading a novel called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And Mm. it talks about uh, colorism very effectively. It's really interesting. Okay. My another reheatable is that all of the the people who are casting a person of color are all white. Mm-hmm. That's a negative. Of course, we have the the word uh, F, F word, word for a person who is gay, as well as people who act to act like they are gay. The over the top feminine behavior, like the just the stereotype. Exactly. Um, and when he was working, they kept telling him, I need a little more black. I need a, I need you to be a little more black. Oh, yeah. And they went they went even like overboard. Like they said, I need you like when he was on set at the end, he's like, I need you to stick your ass out. I need you to bug out your eyes. And was yes. Like, oh, yes. man. Yeah. Have you seen Step and Fetch It? That's what we're looking for. Okay, those were my negatives. Uh, my negatives were less about the f- film, I guess, and more that um, it was all based on stuff that had really, like, happened. And, like, yeah. the fact that, like, this was all based on his, like, experience. And, like, when he went to, like, after he um, was in a soldier story and they, they told Robert Townsend, like, oh, they only do one black movie a year. And you just did it, so be happy. And then he was like, oh, like I auditioned for The Color Purple and I did it, get it. So I was like, well, that was my one black movie for the year. Like, because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything else. Um, and then my other battery heatable was just that I never heard of this. Like, I had never, I mean, and I know I'm not into, like, film as much, but, like, it seems like such, a, like, a good, like, it seems really, like, a really important film for people to see like like a good I don't know it just seems important and I've never heard of it before you said it last week and I I lit honestly I I had no idea what this is about until I pressed play and I was like oh okay we're coming (laughs) like oh all right here we go buckle up yeah I I remember because I was young so I don't I think I've seen it but I was little, but I, I always remember it because I remember when Meteor Man came out and I just always remember Robert Townsend and knowing mm-hmm. like, oh, he was a comedian and he did it his own way and how he was associated with like Keenan Ivory Wayans and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I always knew him of like, oh, he was kind of like the, com- like, even though I didn't at the time know who Oscar Michaud was, I was like, oh, he was like a do it yourself because that's, if you want it to get done, you're going to have to do it yourself exactly so um my battery heatable was the like yeah the f word and the the light-skinned how if you were light-skinned you had to have a spanish accent because ah. like remember oh, yeah. like the woman and they were like oh, spanish can you- accent? Hey, they were like oh can you do a spanish accent and that terrible spanish uh-huh accent. and then it's just like yeah and she knew it like and how to do it because your lights so it's like if I was an actress I would have to like oh can you do a Spanish accent and stuff? exactly and it's like well 
So, yeah. Um, also, like, the gender issues in this. So he stereotypes a lot of stuff. But it's interesting in, you know, the 30 years since then, like, people will point out how it's it's very male, a very male perspective of it. And that they're, like, the stereotypes with gay people. Like, his the hairdresser and, like, when he's making fun of him, that's not part of one of the parody bits but so here he is complaining about all these stereotypes and getting typecast but then you know the gay guy still has to be the hairdresser and super sassy and the you know the woman is his girlfriend and that's it like she's a hairdresser is she also an actress aspiring like we don't know um like it's a bad reheatable but it it actually, I was like, oh, snap, because it's still relevant when it was the two women actresses in the call and she, somebody made a, they were telling a story and she said, oh yeah, the director asked me to show up at 11 o'clock and she was like, so yes. you know I showed up at 10.45, you know, right. and basically right. like yeah. the the casting couch and this is what you have to do to, to get right. a part and get a role and stuff. Um, this guy is like, I, how old is he supposed to be? Cause he's yeah. Black don't crack. But I was like, this guy is Rob. Bobby is that the father of this kid. And it's like, I no, really thought he brother. was the father of that kid. Like, my God, you're 30. And you know what? He might've been, but the family might've brought, the child in it because that happened a lot yeah i know but it just made me laugh because i was like oh okay that's your younger brother okay Mm -hmm. um and how bad reheatable was the soundtrack although i like it because it is a a snap like an ear snapshot but for your ear of the 80s Mm because it was super 80s yeah i uh yeah well i was just like man this is Ooh, that that has not aged great. So those were my bad reheatables. Okay, so positive reheatables. Uh, it felt like a Guy Guy Picks movie to me. Yeah, I mean, you could it probably it's fair to say Guy Guy Pick uh, ripped off Robert Townsend, but <laughs> well, there's that. And I love the satire. I love that he was standing up for himself. You know, like he was conflicted and, okay, do I play this black exploitation part or do I listen to my grandma? And the post office is still important. Mm-hmm. Those are my positives. Mine were the hot dog hats. You know, I'm a sucker for a hot dog <laughs> costume or hat or anything like that. A winky dinky dog. Um, I loved the runtime. An hour and 18 minutes. Yes. Perfect film length for me. And just the fact that it, like, it's people thinking about representation in film and other things. Like, um, you know, we've been talking about it a lot, but I, like, was looking this week at, like, the running community specifically. Um, Somebody shared a post on Instagram about, like, runner's world and like the last 12 months of runner's world covers literally 
all skinny white women and one black man that was surrounded by white women on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a big topic of conversation right now, but I thought it was like a good, I don't know. It's a good thing to look at for like representation and like it matters and like how you're being represented in the film industry and magazines and other things like that. So I thought it was a good, that was my positive readable. Excellent. Maybe my MVP. Oh yeah, that's true. I, yeah. To piggyback on the, that, because I guess however many weeks ago when we did the, the Buster Keaton thing and I went through the 100 films and remember mm-hmm. how I was like, Oh, there's eight or something films. And this mm-hmm. is what, you know, the exactly. black women. And it, it was exactly what this was. Oh, he was a criminal. Absolutely. He was, you know, mammy, all of that slave mm-hmm. porter waiting on somebody. And you're just like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's getting better, but also at the same time, it's, I mean, yeah, like we got Lupita Nyong'o's until us, her biggest movie was she was in 12 Years a Slave, you know, it's just exactly. uh, Yeah. And it was it's funny, like, oh, so it's it's getting better. But now we need it for more. We need it for representation of like trans people and exactly everyone, you know, all shapes and sizes in general, like of all minorities and because it just helps us be better humans it just humanizes people and once you yeah. humanize people then you know it's it's not a bad thing it, it can only good can come from it um so my favorite the black acting school because I, I loved it it was, yeah, funny. That was hilarious. Um, it was funny and also like the colorism within the black acting school and how all the teachers were white in the black acting school yes because oh my God. that's what another thing that we're seeing is that a lot of people are talking and they're saying great things and they're about it and and it seems as though but it's like who's in the room who's in the room where it it's happens kind of like reading a book about like, i feel like now it's all about like oh, as a white person, here's the books I'm reading about racism, which is good, but also, like, a lot of these books, some of these books are written by white people, and how are you going to read a book about white, like, your white privilege written by a white person and feel exactly. like and actually learn something? Exactly. Yeah, it, it's like, like, yeah, tell me. Like, I don't know a lot about the trans community and women of color in the trans community. Right. So, so you should probably find a trans woman of color to teach you about that. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, okay. Not that, it's their, not that it is their job to teach you, but use the resources that are there already. Like, exactly. Yeah. Looking up articles and stuff. And it's like, all right, yes. well. You do your own research by those people mm-hmm. to learn that. So then I can learn more and educate myself yes. of like, okay, okay. Opening my mind up to it. Yes. Um, the post office, how the hero and see nerd alerts for that. The Eddie Murphy type, there can only be one. It goes into the whole Highlander thing. Like he was the black guy. So yeah, now everyone needs to be Eddie Murphy. Cause yeah. Um, and I loved Keenan Ivory Wayans as Jerry Curl. I thought that he gave a performance that like, I really believed in his pain of his activator and how much he needed it. 
he he really sold like he he was on his knees at the end and he's just uh, yeah gotta have it yeah also like to go back to a bad reheatable in that scene it was a bunch of like really buff guys but in skirts so i didn't know what like what was that supposed to be saying it was it oh look at these macho men in but they're in skirts like i just because it's in 1987 i'm kind of like i don't think this is probably a great reheatable but and then also is it that thing of putting you know black men in skirts is it is that the comment that's going for there so or was it just because this is a shoestring budget film production so it's just a that's just a real easy thing where we can just get skirts and put them on men and we have this location kind of thing so yeah I, I don't Easy know. Laugh. It's probably all of the above is true, Wh- which that can be. Uh, speaking of Jerry curls, <clears throat> I remember when we were in Germany and you had a PE teacher. You were in the bad. You were in the De- Department of Defense Dependent Schools School District in Germany. And you had a PE teacher and you were doing tumbling. And she decreed that any child of color who tumbled had to then wipe the mats down because of the grease in the hair of children of color. So I went in and I talked to the assistant principal who had a jerry curl. Oh, yeah, she did. And I said, uh, if my child's wiping down the mats, that's fine. But every child will wipe down the mats Absolutely. after they tumble. And that became a, a bit of a thing. But yeah, because of the product you put in your hair could leave the mats greasy for the for the gentle white children who had to tumble after you. I This was in... 1990 and the principal like the the principal and the assistant principal were both black women yeah right okay the principal was uh um certifiably crazy but um yeah so there i mean that's just one instance of just ridiculous racism yeah. Okay, Aaron, you go wipe down the mat and let the little white kid tumble after you. I don't even ever remember wiping down the mat. It might it might have been resolved before it actually happened <laughs> yeah, to like, you. I don't. <laughs> I it actually happened to another child in the neighborhood, and I went in and was okay. Well, now we are to quotables. <laughs> oh. Oh my God, I was so pissed. Okay, so I've done a couple. And then I wrote down, there's always work at the post office. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wrote that same thing. <laughs> and don't sell out, brother. Don't be a butler or a slave. That was Grandmommy who said, you know, don't do the black exploitation. <laughs> oh, I have. Uh, it's oh, you already said it. How it's not about art; it's about sequel. Also, when 
the baddie boy came and the guys were looking at the car. I thought it was hilarious because they drove up to the winky dinky dog. Then they had to check the car for a bomb, but they had already drove up. And then then one of them was like, oh, oh, we got something here. And then he looks, he's like, oh, no, it's just the muffler. (laughs) Um, But my favorite, the thing that made me laugh the hardest, and I kept rewinding it to listen to it again and again, was it was during one of the auditions, and he was a black man, and he was going on and on about how he was trained Shakespearean trained mm-hmm. and like over in uh like the Royal Academy you know like right England yeah um and he comes over because he wanted to make movies because he wanted to you know catch them checks and uh this fly is taunting me in my apartment <laughs> and it's driving me crazy it's, I gotta go. It's just all up on my sink and my utensils. It's dry. I don't gotta go. Oh, it's enjoy because your life will end soon. Enjoy life now. My God, I'm sorry, people. Um, so he's classically trained, and he he delivers the line, and the casting lady is like, "That's the worst acting I've ever seen in my yeah. life." And he was so hurt, and he was like, I can do it in iambic. And that made me laugh, because that's what Shakespeare is in iambic pentameter. And I was just like, man, that was just so funny. So those were my... And my other one was the one that Teeny said earlier, when it was from the acting school, how he was like, oh, well, I've played a rapist, and I've played... played nine crooks, <laughs> yeah. four gang leaders, two dope leaders, and I've played rapists thrice, twice. Yep. My first one, I just love Winky Dinky Dog. <laughs> um, and the, I, I, I wrote this one down. I knew it was time to do the nasty, and I like doing the nasty. She was a good kisser, but her breath was stinking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You don't get rid of a Rolls Royce because it it's has a dent in it. Yeah, yeah I could, because it has a dent in it. And then he said, I hate to do the nasty with a stapler up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but then my favorite quote was, there ain't nothing to it but to do it. And I ain't have like, to it there, but to do it. there's this manager that I have at work and we always, when shit gets real and shitty, we just always look at each other and we're like, well, you just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what? We just got to do it. There ain't nothing to it but to do it. Got to do it. Do it. Okay, LVP. Oh, LVP. I didn't do LVP or MVP. I'm just going to be honest. It's okay. You've had a lot on your mind. Yeah, and you did your MVP earlier. Oh, yeah. You've got great tits, so it's okay. Yeah, I've got great tits, and I'm a Karen. So that's my MVP and LVP of the day. Uh, My LVP was, even though it was people of color auditioning the blackface, the blackface has got to go it's just got to go oh i guess my lvp is batty boy like the, the yeah yeah this is like the... okay mvps my mvp was that this movie was shot without permits yeah and they just they yeah, yeah i love that they wore ucla shirts and pretend like they were just film students and didn't know better mm-hmm. 
Whoa. I didn't do one, so I'm not going to try to make one up now. There you go. You can have, I can give you this one. You can have, say the, okay. the post office is the MVP. Oh, yeah, that's mine. Okay. Yeah, it is because I have something I need to send them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So then my MVP can be John Witherspoon. And his hoe when he, his hoe cake hoe cake yeah. that was him improvising hoe cake oh yeah it was an improvisation he improvised hoe cake. hoe cake and just he just had that he was I think it was maybe two three scenes but when he comes back and it's that uh fantasy of Bobby coming back all successful and he's just on the ground with the hoe cakes all burnt out and. That's why that's why he's John Witherspoon. That's why he exactly. was just national treasure, John Witherspoon. Just his whole hoe cake breakdown. May I cracked up at it. I'm like, this is this man. Come on, hoe cakes. How funny is that? Hoe because ho How does eat? that not take fire? <laughs> yep. Okay, recasting. Okay. I just did one. I did one as well, but I chose to put a female slant. That's what I did. Okay. So. Well, I just have the same cast. Don't be mad. Robert Townsend. I put Issa Rae. Yo, that would be really good. Yeah, she would be so good, you know, with like. She would be so good. Yeah. Yes. So, the little brother. Can I um, say, like, that wasn't. An idea that I had was black actress. And it's basically just this, but with black women. Right. Because of just the roles. You couldn't, I mean, you couldn't have white people doing this. Uh, I mean, the whole point is look at the stereotypes that you have to uphold. Yeah. So the only twist we could put was was black women. But I did give her a little brother. Oh, okay. I gave her Lonnie Chavis, who is, uh, you don't watch it, but this is us, the youngest. Um, oh, I know, because he's been in commercials. Randall, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Because oh, he's really good that. at being just really innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, my grandma. I'm sorry, I don't care who you chose, I won. Unless I chose the same one. Cicely Tyson. I was going to choose Cicely Tyson, but I didn't. I went a different direction. That's good. She tells you, do not go in there and be a pimp or a gang member. I would would do whatever Cicely Tyson told. It's it's national treasure, Cicely Tyson. Okay. So my girlfriend, I went in two different directions. Mm -hmm. I had a female, female cast. Sort of. My girlfriend is Laverne Cox. Oh, I like that. So then we give that whole transgender thing. But of course, the studio wouldn't go for that. So my boyfriend, to Issa's girlfriend, was Anthony Mackie. Oh, okay. Okay. My Bobby was you know it's been a it's been a minute since i recast her in anything so why not regina hall yes <laughs> <laughs> of course i also thought of tiffany haddish i had tiffany I haddish written down 
She yeah. could do it. Movie's yeah. so good. Yeah, she could totally do it. I kind of thought that Tiffany Haddish would be. Well, yeah, it is because Bobby. The reason that I went with Regina Hall ultimately was because Bobby was more of the straight man to the, um, yes. you know, just the the everybody. Know. Yeah. Um. So then for T Regina Hall's boyfriend, the Lydia character, I went with Alfred Enoch from Harry yes. Potter and How to Get Away with, murder. Get Away with murder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for the grandmother, I went with a, I thought Cecily Tyson, but then I went a different direction to give the grandmother a little bit of edge. Jennifer Lewis. <gasps> wow, excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. She would be yeah. Dare she I say be, it? National treasure. Jennifer yes. Lewis. Both of them national treasures. And then the Donald character was played by Keenan Ivory Wayans. I went with Sherry Shepard. Yes. Because she would just be sassy. Yeah. yeah. And then you like there would just be so many like the Hollywood shuffle players that I would just throw in and toss oh, in. Oh yeah. It would be, just be great. Yes. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are to, um, what do we call it? Tasty Nuggets, which I call trivia. Okay. I have nothing. I shared all of mine already. That's okay. You've alert. been through a lot. Um, my first one is also my MVP, that it was shot without permits. That Robert Townsend put $400,000 on 10 different credit cards. Well, not mm -hmm. for 40000 Forty thousand. What did I say? You said four hundred thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, because he today he he had sixty thousand and from his jobs and stuff. And people were like, "You gonna buy a car?" And he's like, "No, let's make a movie." And then he put forty thousand on their credit card, so that's why the movie cost about a hundred thousand dollars. Then Samuel Goldwyn bought it. He actually went to SAG and was like, I made this movie with 80 actors. I want to do the right thing. Cause when you're in SAG and you're an actor, you're part of the union. So you can't, you, it's against the rules for you to do something for free. You have to at least yes. get paid the SAG minimum, which to us, I mean, yeah, to normal people. And if you just wanted to make a movie, the SAG minimum is insanely high. Like you're just like, what? I have to pay yeah. that. Like, I don't have that much money. So he went and did the right thing and cut them all the checks once, you know, Samuel Goldwyn came in. And the movie ended up making $5 million. Outstanding. So that's a lot. Huh. And he's still, like, it's still making money for him. So that's why Excellent. it's like he gets to do what he wants to do. Good. Good. Um, the whole hoe cake thing was improvised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude improvised that whole hoe cake thing. <laughs> the uh, the names on the interview sheet when he went in for his first casting call were real actors in the film. Mm. We just had that recently. Buster Keaton with uh -oh. the with all the girls yeah. that were listed. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ace was a takeoff of Sam Spade, who was Humphrey Bogart. 
Yeah, remember because we did those. We did one of them, the big sleep. Wasn't he Sam Spade in that? We did a okay. Sam Spade movie. I think we we did done a couple because there were a couple different Sam Spades. It wasn't Key West. No, you watched okay. that on your own. But that yet yeah, that's <gasps> the only movie that you remember somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one movie that you watched on your own. And it's you're like, called dementia. That's what we and did. we just are nice to mom about it. Oh, I know we did the big sleep because that was with uh, Bacall. Yes. And I like because I like the title. And then I was like, oh, the big sleep. That's what the big sleep is. It's the big sleep. Yeah. The one you night, don't night. wake up from. Night, night. And then six years later, Robert Townsend was Meteor Band. Because mm-hmm. he, because in the film he was a superhero at the end, and this is before Black Panther. Like, yes. before Black Panther, Meteor Man was it. That was yes. all we had. And yes, I've but, never seen it. I need to go watch. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I know I went to see it in the theater. Um, mine is it was. It got the 1987 Duval Film Festival Special Grand Prize Critics Award. And it was nominated, I think, for the 1988 Best First Feature, the maybe the Independent Spirit Awards. Didn't write down that. Just wrote down 1988 Best Feature nomination. So There you go. Uh, check Wikipedia to see where that's from. Um, let's see... And also in addition, so this was shot 17 days, but over two years. Because he was still working, doing stand-up, and everybody's working. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was when we can get everybody together and then shoot it and stuff. Um, Yeah, oh, Short Ends. That was the film. Like, at the end of the canister it was called short ends the short ends yeah so you just got that's how because film is expensive it's a very you had to then get i shot my senior project on super 16 millimeter and you have like people don't even understand you have to load the film canister and if you like if a thing of light gets into that like you fucked it up if you get hair or glitter in you fucked it up i remember the the final scene of my thing i'm like glammed out it was a bluesicle it's crazy it doesn't really make much sense but i had glitter fake eyeliner everything and they couldn't they couldn't load the film and so i had to do it and i had to like scrub my hands and make sure that because if you get anything in there it's showing up and you could have ruined everything and then you don't even know what you shot and we were shooting at night and then you have to send it away and get it processed. And that is ridiculously expensive. And then when you get it processed, you have to get it digitized. So then that's ridiculously expensive. But I had amazing parents that let me have that amazing experience. And I'm so grateful. And and we still have the original in your closet to this day. <laughs> yes. So proud of it. Okay, well, um, those are our tasting nuggets. So now we are to next week, and I took a page from the advice of our own Christine. You were nice to yourself? Is it something depressing? 
Oh my god. It is not. Oh, it probably is. Like me at all. <laughs> it probably but, still is. Okay. It might not actually come about because everybody has to be able to be on Disney TV on July 3rd to watch <gasps> it. Yes. Uh, you, that, yes. You're picking yes. it. I thought yes. we were going to do a bonus. Oh, yes, yes, Wait, yes, I yes, took yes. that day. Oh, my God. Okay. I took that day off just for that. Yes. I... We are going to watch the first movie of the Broadway play Hamilton but that is going to come on Friday night if we can all get on Disney TV. And then we will do our podcast on Sunday and bring to you Hamilton the movie. Hamilton. So what am I putting for the year? Is this a 2020 joint? Hamilton. I think this is well, it was filmed actually like in 2016, right? 2016 like, was it was filmed. When they yes. Filmed it. Yes. But the release, I always go by the release date, so I'm, I That's guess it's going to be, be 2020. Oh, yeah. Hamilton 2020. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we have to discuss, like, are we, uh, are, like, are we setting up a computer and we're, like, live and then we're all watching at the same uh, time? I, I don't or? know. I think we should just all press play at the same time and then text about it. <sighs> that's a good idea. Okay. But there's no way we're going to be able to exactly with bathroom breaks and such yeah yeah well you're gonna have to if one of us has to go to the bathroom you press pause yeah, everybody has thing. to press pause yeah okay okay i i checked my site out i'm already i'm already on a site that i can watch it i'm good well, what time do you guys want to do this at because Aaron, oh you're on God. a different coast well, yeah, but oh, yeah. I I have I happen to have in observance of the July fourth Saturday, I have July third Friday off. That's right. You had said that. Mm-hmm. I, late afternoon. I agreed to go to the beach that day. Okay. So so <gasps> oh, you're telling you. us what time we're watching it. So I'm telling you. <laughs> Later afternoon, evening would be better for me. Maybe if we do like 7 p.m. 7 p.m. That's a 4 Eastern PM. time. That's a, that works very well with me. Um, I'll probably be like. That's partying. when we watch it. Huh? Okay. That's when we. Okay. That's yeah. when we press play. Yeah. That sounds good. I'll I will probably be like in the tank by then because <laughs> it's Friday and I have off. So yeah. Put- uh, yeah. Here's the wait. Okay, here's the big so, question, though. Am I popping open my champagne? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, we have some too. We'll have to get some, but we'll do that. That all right? I, oh I can't wait god. for Adam to watch it. I know. I can't wait for Mansell. I don't know if he'll actually do it. Adam's going to. We only have one TV in the building, so <laughs> I'm just. Because but so much of it, it is seeing the whole spectacle, and I when know, they but... close in, on... okay. But, but gonna... I already okay. felt it when I saw the preview. I haven't I even seen the preview. Oh, I because can already feel it. Christine and I were on that. We were there. Stage. We were. We we're basically in Hamilton. Yeah, you were like know. the last ones that got to see it. I think they thought Pretty we were. Close. They thought we were the stars. Yes. <laughs> Well, we knew we were. When we drunkenly walked out of that. We did door. drunkenly go up and go, I have passes to come up on the stage right now. 
Well, he, oh, wait, here's the question, and I probably should be asking this offline, but let's give the people what they like. You know what? I, I listened to the same thing that Teeny listened to with Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans. Did you get to the part where Keenan Ivory Wayans said there's no such thing as failure? Because I did. Yeah. That's why I bring up what if we get a guest? What kind of guest? Yeah. A guest. Well, you have a you have an in you have an in. Oh, she wants you to try to reach out. I'm I'm not say, I'm just saying that wouldn't be like you don't have to. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> the, the look on her face. I don't. Okay, I, we'll look into that. I mean, you don't if you don't if it makes you uncomfortable or. Like what? I don't like what we even not ask. I'm the or... one who would be the most uncomfortable. I don't think. But um, <laughs> well, but you you guys like met. We did. Like, I would think the uncomfortable in this would have subsided after the. <laughs> you should have seen the state we were in when we met. Oh, you too. I can imagine. Because we had two wines, they were this big. We had two wines because <laughs> and a we, couple of gimlets beforehand. Oh my god, so many gimlets beforehand! And then you go there, and then you have to reserve your drink for halftime, which is also half called intermission. Half yes, half we went to halftime, and it was a double each. <laughs> so I don't exactly know what all happened. But we were on except the- for that we were given breath mints. <laughs> we were, and not everybody got them. And then I thought, did she give them to us so she could continue to talk instead of breathing our our just straight alcohol coming toward her? Because she's sober. She was sober. Good for her. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I was just- so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 we'll look into that and we'll see, but I'm perfectly happy to do just us doing Hamilton. Either way, it's going to be great. I, I yeah, I'm, like, I'm oh, excited. It's a week. A week. I, know. A I, week. I need the reminder on Thursday to sign up for the trial. I'm going to be singing all of the songs. I know all the words now. That's the best part. Because we can sing and not interrupt the people around I us. Who are well, I don't laughing. know. Is that interrupting Adam? If- I'm singing all of the songs. He already knows all the songs. That's true. That's true. That's true. He'll be fine. And my dad knows it all because remember when we drove back from New York, we played it? Because that's how... Well, I'll get into it next week with my... But that's how I got into it. Yeah, we'll get into it next week. But I had... When you sent me that soundtrack, I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't care. Like, I, I can't... You can't listen to a Broadway show soundtrack without seeing it. I did. Right. That's well, that's how I knew how good it was. I was like, I holy shit. <laughs> right. But then the visual, the dancers. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot oh, wait. I can't wait. I know. So, listeners, the three of you who are with us, next week we are doing the Hell. first oh. televised <laughs> movie of Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton or Hamilton. Okay. And Christine <laughs> turned to me and said, 
your brother, if your if your son cheats on me, I'm going to do more than burn his letters. <laughs> I stand by that statement. Oh my gosh! Now we have it on tape. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Keep in mind we have had all of that wine. <laughs> I still have my cup. Your wine cup? My wine cup from Hamilton. Does it say Hamilton on it? Uh, yes, it does. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought I'll, it was just a I'll, I'll have it available next week. Plastic cups. Then you're like, this is my Hamilton well, We're going to auction cup. it off next week. <laughs> it is a plastic cup with a little lid so you don't spill all over yourself, which was lovely. Oh, and that's what the, mm-hmm. the wine container, they know their audience. They know their mm-hmm. audience. Well, there you go. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.